0: Hey guys, I'm Carnival and I'm hanging out with Rob here on Front Row Live.
1: You've been like really doing a lot over the last couple of years with your mashups. Um, These mashups have been really interesting from like every genre that you've kind of tapped into. Um, I'm curious, like, first of all, how did that kind of start for you? And like, what is your process for, you know, picking and choosing these different genres and being able to kind of make it your own?
0: Yeah, well, the mashups, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but kind of started as a joke. I mean, I've always been producing, been doing remixes, but mashups, I remember TikTok right when it happened, Mm. I just saw people really respond to mashups um, kind of randomly on the platform. And then a couple of friends and I had a competition and we said, who could get a million views first on a video on TikTok? (laughs) And I posted a couple of mashups. The first one maybe did like 50, 100,000 views. And I was like, okay, this is, you know, some progress. And then maybe my third or fourth one, it hit a million views. And I was like, yeah. okay, this is something I should probably dive into and keep right. doing. And um, that was kind of the start of that initially on TikTok. And then now it's kind of spread all over the yeah. internet.
1: With, with the practice that you kind of get with with doing these matchups, how would you say that it impacted your creative process? Uh, because you have been producing before that, and now you're still producing and creating music. So how do you feel that that kind of like really impacted did the way that you kind of think about the the creative process now?
0: I would say that um, it's definitely opened my eyes more to sampling and pulling sounds from different places you might never think of and just um, pairing vocals with a totally different kind of instrumental. And then sometimes maybe I bring that into my own music where it's just two different worlds kind of colliding. Yeah.
1: Now, when it comes to your own material, um, I love that you have so many different vocalists, uh, that you basically feature on your, on your tracks. How do you go about as far as like finding these sound, these voices, uh, just because like, to me, I feel like with electronic artists is where I usually find new female vocalists, but for you as, as a producer, like, how do you discover these artists?
0: I mean, I think it's having a good year, having a good team. Um, I'm constantly scanning the internet for, uh, You know, different vocalists, people that I really respond to and like to hear and, you know, could see on my records, regardless of how big or how small they are. To me, it's really about the voice. And so I've, it kind of depends, you know, whether it's like a a friend I've known for years that maybe we just haven't gotten on a record before together, or someone I find on the internet, I shoot them a DM, turns out they're in, you know, LA and we're able to work, or they're not in LA and we can still send files back and forth. Or even having a great team like my management label, and they find singers that they really like, and I hear them, and if I like them. We set something up, and then that's how a lot of the records come to be. Yeah.
1: Now, as far as like your your material, you've been releasing a lot of music lately. Um, most recently, uh, "Never Gonna Drink Again" is yeah. the current single. Talk to me about that creative process and what really kickstarted for you. Like, do you also uh, consider the lyrics when you're working on on the tracks, or is that something that once the vocalist comes in, you kind of work on the lyrics with them
0: well actually that track and the vocals were kind of made right at the same time so we i get in the room with the singer austin and other writer on the song katie and just started playing some chords and we all started throwing out some melodies started getting some lyrics down and so it was kind of happening at the same time the track was being written while the vocals were being written and i mean within that same day we had basically the whole record i, I kind of had to do some you know, tweaking and stuff, um, after the fact, but the majority of it was finished right there on the spot. Yeah. What's it like
1: with you? Like, because you're working with so many different vocalists, so many different, uh, vocal ranges and vocal tones. So how does that kind of impact your, uh, your process when it comes to like picking and choosing how you're going to, um, you're going to create these, these, uh, these sonic sounds.
0: I think when I get a vocalist in the room and we're starting to figure out what you know, similarities we have, what kind of music we like, what kind of vibe we're going for. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when I kind of hone in on, okay, like what stylistically could work here with this type of vocal. Um, And for Never Gonna Drink Again, for example, it was just her voice was so strong, so powerful, but at the same time, just really to me was like, okay, I feel like this could be kind of like a synth, pop, dance record Mm -hmm. um, that has a really strong hook Really, you know, really strong sections—verse, pre-chorus, chorus, post-chorus—like just kind of um, put it, put that all together, and then that's you know how we ended up with such a great song.
1: Yeah. And as I mentioned, you've been releasing a lot of tracks this year so far. So, like, do these tracks fall into this body of work? Uh, are you working on like releasing singles? Like, what what is it that you're currently working on as far as like building a a project with your music?
0: Right now, it's a lot of singles. Um, would love to build towards a, you know, an EP, an album. Um, but right now, I think it was just kind of identifi- identifying the songs I really liked and really wanted to release. And also, when I'm teasing songs, um, you know, seeing how the audience, enga- you know, what my fans following, how they engage with the records and what they seem to like and want to hear. Um, but ideally, yeah, I mean, I want to be putting out a lot more full projects a lot of more singles and start to really ramp up the releases um now that i've you know been doing the mashups for so long um online and trying to let people know about you know the original music i've been making since i was 12 13 14 years old
1: And i love that you as i mentioned earlier like you you've been discovering a lot of vocal talent um one of them being uh, Armani White, which you collaborated with Damn. him in 2019 before we knew about Armani White uh, with the song called Jasmine. So how did you first discover him and his voice? And what was that process like when you kind of came together and, and started working on Jasmine?
0: Well, crazy thing is Jasmine, even though it came out in 2019, we did not create that. Sorry, we created the song initially in 2016. Damn. So this was, you know, years years ago. Damn. I honestly do not know exactly how we would have first come across each other. I'm assuming it would have been like a kind of a SoundCloud thing. I think I saw him on SoundCloud. Um, maybe we connected over Instagram. And I remember we had known about each other for a couple of years. We're both from the East Coast. He's from Philly. I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia. And we had been chatting back and forth, ended up being in LA at the same time, worked on a couple different songs together. Um, and that was one that we had that we really liked that just never quite, I don't know, I, I just think I wasn't maybe, I didn't know where I was with releasing records and just took kind of a couple years for us to really get the song fully together um, to a place where we liked not only the record itself, but also just in a position where, okay, let's go shoot a music video, yeah. let's get the artwork done, let's actually get the song out. And so that was 2016, 2019, we ended up releasing the record and you know, here we are today and Armani's absolutely killing it. Yeah. And he was one of those guys I remember we talked a lot. I mean when my TikTok started doing really well, we would chat about, you know, just like strategy and thing different things to do that would, you know, make videos go viral on TikTok and mm-hmm. he just really put in that work where he was doing video after video promoting song and then all he needed was that one record and he is such a, you know, he's so charismatic, has such a great personality. Um you can really see that in the music video for Jasmine too. He's, you know, he just he was the perfect kind of like front man for that song. Um, but he, he kills it now. I mean, that song really popped off for him and he has so many other great records that I've heard that are released and unreleased. And I don't know, him and I talk all the time. We were, I was, yeah, yeah. He's a good friend.
1: It's cool that it's 26. You mentioned 2016 is when you first started working on this track. Like when you go from 2016, whatever you had created then to 2019 now with this final version, um, did you really change it up much? Like, uh, especially the sound design, did you do much to it?
0: Surprisingly not, maybe some different mixing tweaks, things I would have learned, you know, over those three years in terms of, oh, I like my vocals EQ'd this way, not to get too technical, but like, you know, certain things like that, or um, maybe certain mastering techniques and whatnot, but the core of it was all really there because it's actually that song in particular, most of my stuff, you know, I'm playing keys, playing guitar, bass, Make you know making the drums, doing all that, and on that record specifically, so many live instruments. And we got live horns, um, trombone, trumpet, uh, guitar, bass, drums. So many live elements that it was all basically the same because it was all recorded. Yeah. You know,
1: how does that how does that change you being a producer when it comes when you're bringing in like these live instrumentations?
0: I think it makes it. I mean, it makes it a ton of fun because it's a very collaborative process. And that one, I remember. You know, I can only play a certain number of instruments, so I had to bring someone in to play the trumpet, to play the trombone, playing the bass. Um, A friend of mine actually played the, I think it was like some organ stuff. I did the piano, um, and then like I did the drums and produced it all, but the process is similar. I mean, it's very collaborative when you're bringing in um, other instrumentalists, and I think um, it just kind of depends on the, the sound I'm going for. And that was a time where I felt like I was loving the horns. I was loving just kind of that organ vibe, kind of like funky. And then the idea of putting Armani on that song. And then also has Jackson Bright, who's a great singer as well. He's singing the hook and Armani's doing the verses. It just kind of came together beautifully.
1: Yeah. Now, back, going back to Never Gonna Drink Again, um, with this track, where do you feel that you felt challenged uh, during the creative process of it?
0: I would say, I mean, the majority of it was really written in that first day, but maybe in the in the period of trying to really hone in the sound and like you know take it from 95% done to 100% done it's like okay let's add in all these different guitar layers yeah. let's you know tweak these vocals here and there let's figure out okay like is this the exact structure like we know this song is really good especially after you know finishing up the song talking with my team we know the record's really good what can we do to make it just you know that little bit better to really have that impact and i think just kind of figuring out some of those tweaks um, maybe it was the most difficult thing because it doesn't come as inherently, you know, like everything, when you're making a record, the inspirations there, you're getting it all down. But then when it comes down to kind of like the nitty gritty of, you know, some more technical stuff, yeah. fine tuning, you know, figuring out when, when is a song actually done, you know, making sure you don't overwork a song. You don't want to, you know, just work on it too much that so you end up in a totally different place from where it started. So I think it was just kind of figuring that out and figuring out when it was done. That was definitely one of the most difficult parts. Yeah, I feel like
1: that finding that balance is is kind of scary sometimes.
0: It is. I think um anyone looking for advice, Rick Rubin's new book, he talks a lot oh, about nice. he talks a lot about stuff like that. And I remember there's a couple of different sections just on like knowing when to finish stuff and when to get out of the creative inspiration process and actually kind of sit down and be like, okay, here's the work I'm gonna do. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, finish up the song. So you're not just you know, beating it to death.
1: <laughs> is Rick, is Rick Rubin one of your like inspirations uh, for being a producer or do you have other producers that you kind of like think about or, or kind of like study when you're creating your music?
0: He's definitely one of my favorite producers, I'd say. I mean, there's guys like Pharrell Williams coming from Virginia Beach, Pharrell's from Virginia Beach, Timbaland's from Virginia Beach. Love those guys. Love Mark Ronson. Yeah. Um, even like artist producers like Calvin Harris, big fan. Um, so many different people and Rick Rubin I love because you know he just goes from doing he's like you know from a jay-z song to when i found out that he did all the great red hot chili peppers records i was like all right this dudes the, that's all you needed you don't need to do anything else other than that and yeah. then you find out all the other music he's done you're just like okay this guy's crazy yeah, like boss. yeah yeah it's insane so he's definitely someone i really look up to and especially in terms of just like good wisdom and he's someone that's sharing it often and you know i just come at, came out with that book but also does a lot of podcast interviews and stuff so he's a person that not only do i respect musically but i also respect just his ideology and how he really like you know gives it to the public like he's yeah. you know he's open about it all and there's there's actually a great interview of him and pharrell which to me is amazing because oh, that's just like that two like yeah yeah two really inspirational guys to me yeah
1: now it's cool because you kind of did that with your mashups like you're you're mashing up like so many different genres at the same time with all the ones that you've done so far like where do you feel like which one do you feel like has challenged you the most or like took you the longest to kind of create
0: let's see i mean i think challenging the most is tough to say because i feel like i am trying so many different combinations of instrumentals and vocals and maybe sometimes i don't even think something's challenging because i'm just you know, yeah, going with the flow and I, I know like, okay, I know this instrumental is really good. I know I'm gonna find a good vocal for it. And then when it clicks, it just clicks and I don't even think about, you know, the whole process that went into it. Um, but there's definitely been some times where, you know, I can tell something's gonna work and maybe it's just not quite right. And it especially happens when I am transitioning from like say a 15, 30, 60 second mashup that's gonna live on TikTok and Instagram. Mm-hmm and then taking that to a, f- like a full version that I'm gonna put on YouTube, SoundCloud, um, playing a live DJ set. And some of those can be more challenging because it's like, okay, how do I extend this mashup that was originally, like I said, 15, 30 seconds? Yeah. How do I make this a minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes? Um, how can it sound good in a live setting? Um, what does that song structure look like? That's That's honestly when it gets more challenging.
1: That's actually interesting because I would have assumed that you would have worked on that one minute, that full song first, and then just cut the clips for social media.
0: Yeah, no, it's typically, I'm very, I don't know, I guess I'm always thinking about the social media aspect and that's kind of where it goes first because to me, I'm doing so many of them and I don't know what's going to pop off and what isn't, so to speak. So um, you know, maybe one out of every three or four is going to be in my eyes, like, okay, this one did well enough. Let's get a full version up. Otherwise I'd have so many of those full versions, you know? Um, but yeah, so typically I'm starting with the smaller clip just because I'm really thinking like, okay, how does this in this 15, 30 seconds, how can I get them with a, you know, a unique intro, a great kind of hook or just like a wow moment where like they're just like, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. I didn't see, um, this vocal, you know, I didn't see 50 cent was going to come in at this vocal. You obviously see the artist name and yeah. the beginning you of the, don't video. Yeah, you don't know when it's happening, you don't know when it's going to happen. So yeah. I like to have those kind of moments of like, people like, oh, wow. Like, you know, that's insane. And then maybe you tease it a little bit at the beginning. There's so many different things you can kind of do to spark virality, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And like, it's, it's cool because like you mentioned, like you, it started out as just a joke between you and friends and, yeah. um, who would get the million views. And obviously like it, it created something that you're still doing it and almost professionally doing it i guess you w- you could say but with that kind of success i feel like it also is intimidating when it comes to creating your own music do you feel that it impacted you in any way because like you know this tiktok audience wants to hear this yeah. kind of stuff but like were you nervous when you were releasing your own material after
0: that yeah it definitely makes it challenging i think um there's a little bit of a kind of like a barrier to entry, so to speak. When everyone knows about your mashups, that's what they're expecting. And then you start to tease your original stuff. It can be challenging in the sense that, you know, the the audience doesn't necessarily know what to expect, but I've tried to be smart in the way of, you know, maybe putting my own songs in mashups. Um, Now I've been trying to even like sample some more songs so that it's kind of like recognizable stuff with original vocals on it. Um, there's kind of different ways to go about it that I think has gotten the audience more and more on board, um, all while still, you know, posting these mashups, even like, even I found, uh, long like mixes and DJ sets has been very helpful because I can take some of those full length mashups. I can take my own songs. I can take songs that have been very inspirational for me and I can put that all together in a 60 minute mix. And then everyone gets a little bit of everything. You know, they get a little bit of the carnival originals. They get the carnival mashups. They get maybe the, the, carnival dj like my ear stuff that i like that's not necessarily songs that i made um and so that's that's an area i'm kind of really exploring now is more you know i guess lengthier mixes and mashups and um, things to really engage the audience in ways more than one yeah that's dope
1: well thank you for hanging out with me and i'm I'm excited to see what what else you have going on for 2023 um i hear there's a lot of music coming so i'm looking forward to that and I'm sure you and I will reconnect sometime soon. Uh, before we close out, like, do you plan on doing any like touring, any any types of shows uh, to kind of showcase these songs and maybe even the mashups as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been doing some one-off shows, but I would love to find the right time and the right opportunity to do a, a longer tour. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, just releasing a lot of new music, um, never letting the mashup stop, at least for yeah. now, just in terms of, you know, just the way the audience resonates with it. Um, and then, like I said, those DJ mixes, which have been helping too, because the DJ mixes people here and they're like, okay, here, that's what I'm going to expect at a carnival show. So it's nice to kind of have that whole package all together. That's dope. Well,
1: I'm going to challenge you with something real quick. Um, so Dr. Dre and Eminem recently signed a new artist. His name's Easy Mill yeah. and it's breaking so many different records just because he's a, he's a Filipino artist. Yeah. He's, he's, He's rapping in English, but also bringing in some Tagalog in there. He's has so many different, uh, he's genre bending a lot throughout his music. And he also dropped a single called realist with Eminem, yeah. um, as like that, that, uh, Hey, I just got signed yeah. kind of deal. So I'd love to see what you can do if you can do like a mashup with that track.
0: Yeah. Let me, um, I honestly have not heard that record, but let me. You definitely check it out. It's,
1: it's only, it's like a week or two old. Okay. So you're still, you're still good. Yeah. Yeah. Let
0: me listen to it. And I mean, I have requests all the time, so I'm sure, I'm sure it's doable. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I can basically mash up almost anything.
1: That's so. that's crazy. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I feel confident. Let me yeah. let me take a listen, see what I can do.
1: Awesome. Man. Well, thank you again for hanging out with me, you guys. Be sure to check out Carnival. New music is out now, and uh, thanks for watching on Front Row Live.